Central Park Baptist Church. Good morning. How are we doing this morning? We're doing okay? In this first Sunday of the second month of 2024, what happened to January? <laughs> it is already the first Sunday of the new month of February, and we're excited to be here this morning. We would love for you to join us as we sing of the mercies of the Lord this morning, hymn 614, hymn 614, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. If you're able to rest upon your feet, we would love for you to join us in singing, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. Thank you so much for allowing us to come here and worship, Lord, uh, with all of, our, all of our family, Lord. And we just ask that you be with the pastor, Lord, fill him with the Holy Ghost, Lord, and uh, help him to stay focused on you, Father. Lord, we love you, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. As we continue to sing mercies, praises to the Lord, we'd ask that you turn to Him 427, Him 427, Him 427, in the sweet by and by. Sweet by and by him four twenty seven. Him four twenty seven, sweet by and by. Sweet 
to our bountiful Father above. We will offer a tribute of praise for the glorious gift of his love and blessing that hallow our day in the sweet by and by in the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore in the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore. Amen. Amen. You may be seated.
thank God for the cross, amen. Thank God for the cross, amen. Amen. Now my question to you, since the Lord provided on the cross, are you washed in the water? Oh, no, no, wait a minute, that's not it, is it? No, I, I just checking and see if y'all were listening, y'all. You know, y'all are ready to say amen sometime, but got to let that question process a little bit first, amen. Are you washed in the blood? Amen. amen. Let's stand to hymn number 365 as Brother Shelton comes. Are you washed in the blood? Hymn 365. Are you washed in the blood? been to Jesus for the cleansing power. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed? Are you washed in the blood? In the soul cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white? Ladies only, second verse, ladies only. Central Park Baptist Church, you may be seated. What a good singing this morning. I know that women are awful, often accused of being loud and talking a lot. 
But during that song, we find out who had the big mouths. Amen? The women were soft and petite and sweet, and the men are, ah! <laughs> well, it's good to be here. Welcome to Park, Central Park Baptist Church. We'd like to welcome our visitors that are with us this morning. If you're a first-time visitor with Central Park Baptist Church and you have not received a visitor card, if you slip your hand up right now, our ushers will get you that visitor card. We're going to ask that you fill out that visitor card. At the end of the service, I'll be out in the foyer behind the desk, and it says, Welcome on the wall behind me. And if you'll bring me your gift, uh, your um, visitor card, I will give you a gift bag. We want to thank you for coming and being a part of Central Park Baptist Church. We count it an honor and a privilege not only to have visitors with us, which we do count you as a, uh, uh, as a privilege, but to have our own people. Amen. Thank you for being faithful this morning, being here, and being in church where God wants you to be. Pastor, you come right here. Have a good offering. Say amen. 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 God, you know, I've said this a lot. God's got plenty of money. Amen. amen. It's just in your pocket. Amen. amen. So, uh, well, y'all can smile. It's okay. You know, we get all kind of serious when we start talking about an offering. <laughs> People want to start praying, you know, and, you know, and we hadn't even started yet. So, uh, but I'm glad you, and, and by the way, the, the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. amen. So may the Lord bless you this morning as you give, and let's just thank him for what he has allowed us to be a, a part of in our giving, and uh, by the way, that's part of your worship this morning, so uh, let me encourage you, you give as unto the Lord today. Dear Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you again, God, for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. Pray, Lord, that you'd bless this offering. Uh, God, I'm thankful for our folks who give, Lord, and make it possible to be able to accomplish the things through this ministry that we are able to accomplish and so, Lord, I pray, God, that you'd continue to bless, continue to use us, Lord, in a special way. And we pray your blessings upon this offering. Bless the gift and the giver, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You have an offering. You please come. Amen. Now, at this time, uh, fifth grade and under, fifth grade and under, you're now dismissed for junior church. Fifth grade and under, if you're fifth grade and under, you're now dismissed for junior church. The remainder of us, if we could rise, we would love to sing the first and last verses of hymn 274, hymn 274. And then uh, after this, let's uh, please uh, greet each other at the conclusion of hymn 274. We'll do the first and last verses. First and last verses of hymn 274, tell it to Jesus, tell it to Jesus. Sing along, all 
friend or brother, tell it to Jesus alone. Are you troubled at the thought of dying? Tell it to Jesus, tell it to Jesus. For Christ coming, kingdom are ye sighing. Tell it to Jesus alone. Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. He is a friend that's well known. You've no other such a friend or brother. Tell it to Jesus alone. Amen. Please greet each other at this time. Please greet each other at this time. And silver or gold, I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hand than to be the king of a vast domain or be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. I'd rather have Jesus than men's applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to his holy name. 
He's fairer than lilies of rarest bloom. He's sweeter than honey from out the comb. He's all that my hungering spirit needs. I'd rather have Jesus and let him lead than to be the king of a vast domain or be held in sin's red sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. Amen. Second Kings chapter four. Second Kings chapter four. We're going to begin reading in verse 24. If you're able, if you would please stand in honor of reading the inspired, infallible, inerrant, preserved Word of God. Amen. Uh, in Second Kings chapter 4, beginning in verse 24, found your place. Amen. Then she saddled an ass and said to her servant, Drive and go forward, slack not thy riding for me, except I bid thee. So she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass, when the man of God saw her afar off, that he said to Gehazi, uh, his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her, and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. And when she came to the man of God, uh, to the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to thrust her away, and the man of God said, Let her alone. By the way, Gehazi is going to show his real colors here in a little bit. He's just, you get a glimpse of it right there. Uh, but Gehazi came near to thrust her away, and the man of God said, Let her alone, and for her soul is vexed within her, and the Lord hath hid it from me, and hath not told me. Then she said, Did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say, Do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, Gird up thy loins, take my staff in thine hand, and go thy way. If thou meet any man, salute him not, and if any salute thee, answer him not again, and lay my staff upon the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And he arose and followed her. And Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff upon the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Uh, wherefore he went again to, to meet him and <clears throat> told him, saying, The child is not awake. And when Elisha was coming to the house, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. That's on Elisha's bed. Uh, he went in, therefore, and shut the door upon them twain and prayed unto the Lord. And he went up and lay upon the child and put his mouth upon his mouth, his eyes upon his eyes, and his hands upon his hands. And he stretched himself upon the child, and the flesh of the child waxed warm. 
Then he returned and walked in the house to and fro and went up and stretched himself upon him. And the child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. And he called Gehazi and said, Call, call this Shunammite. So he called her, and when she was come in unto him, he said, Take up thy son. And then she went in and fell at his feet and bowed herself to the ground and took up her son and went out. Father, I pray, God, that you'd again be with the reading of your word. I pray, dear Holy Spirit of God, that you would begin to move in our hearts and in our thoughts this morning. And God, that you'd help me, Lord, today to preach the message that you've laid upon my heart. I need your strength, Lord, today, and I need, uh, God, your help this morning. And But more than that, I pray that you, dear Holy Spirit of God, would move in my heart. And the words that I say will be the words that you want me to say. And so, Lord, please, God, help me uh, today to bring honor and glory to your holy name. And, and I give you praise and glory for it all because it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Last week, if you remember, we asked the question, does it really pay to serve God? All right? Uh, and I believe at one point or another that everybody has asked themselves that question. Probably most people, if not everybody here, has already asked that question. Uh, and there's a lot of examples of this in Scripture where men ask in different ways this very question. They, they begin to have their doubts. And Sometimes it doesn't appear worthwhile to the world or, or, or to you and I as saints of God. For example, Asaph asked uh, the question this in Psalm 73. You read about uh, Elijah where he questioned this in 1 Kings 19 when he, you remember, he ran from Jezebel and, and even asked God to go ahead and take him home. Well, this morning, if you will look there in 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 24, you, if you recall... We had learned that the Shunammite woman had a spiritual, she had spiritual uh, uh, perception about her, very spiritually perceptive. Now, she was also uh, persistent in her effort. Uh, her son has died from what many think uh, was a heat stroke. And uh, if you recall, he was a, uh, a son of promise. He was uh, a son of, uh, uh, that, that God had given to her and and it seemed that, uh, if you remember again, that her husband had no spiritual perception. Uh, and, and, you know, and this is just my, my thinking. I think he was uh, a little indifferent about uh, what's going on here. And so in verse 24, when you look there, it says this, this woman saddles this donkey in verse 24. And then if you, I, want to, I want to read down to verse 26. It says, then she saddled an ass and said to her servant, Drive and go forward, slack not thy riding for me, except I bid thee. So she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass when the man of God saw her afar off, that he said to Gehazi, his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Here's verse 26. Here's what I want to get to. <clears throat> Run now, I pray thee, to meet her and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with thy child? And she answered, it is well. Now, I want you to see it right here. We come to this Shunammite woman. She, again, she's had uh, a, a persistent effort, and, and she's had some a, a spiritual perception about her. Uh, but now, as I just mentioned, she's got some effort about her, too. 
And let me remind you, she's already ridden about 20 miles on the back of this donkey to get to where Elisha is. She's rode over hills, through valleys, over all types of tough terrain. And not only this, but I would imagine that even though she may have had an idea that Elisha was there, there was no guarantee that Elisha was even going to be there when she got there. But she gets on this donkey and she takes off because she knows that if Elisha is there, that Elisha is capable of bringing her son back to life. And so now, now we're seeing this woman, this, this Shunammite mother that, that, that has been given a child of promise whose son has died. Listen, she is on a mission. Men, you ever see your wives on a mission in the house? Amen. I can look back and see my mother. I'm telling you, if she was angry about something, <clears throat> that, was, that house got spotless really quick. Amen. Amen. Because there was five of us kids, and she would tell, listen, we, were all, we all knew that mom, there was something up. But why? Because, listen, she's on a mission, and her mission is to make us clean that house. Amen. Well, we're seeing here that this, this mother, she's on a, a mission. And, and, and understand that to this point, I don't believe she's allowed the emotions that she's feeling at this point to impact her decision-making. Listen, she is very much uh, in control and very much determined. And, 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 and listen, you and I need to be careful today, not allow the emotions of a situation to impact our decision-making process. Amen. Have you ever thought about the impact that, that you could make on the ministry of Central Park Baptist Church if you had the same type of determination here in this place that that mother had right then and at that moment and trying to uh, get Elisha back to her son? Listen, this woman was determined, and she was not going to let anything get in her way. Uh, she is uh, wanting to get her son in contact with Elias. So, uh, or uh, Elisha, so she is steadfast, unmovable, amen, she is, she is on a mission, but notice again in verse 23, uh, uh, Elisha sends her out to ask if everybody is okay, to which she replies, all is well, now I thought that was pretty interesting, listen, we need to be careful that when things of life uh, like this or there's trials or hardship when they come our way, we need to be careful that we begin to think that, listen, we kind of think sometimes that God owes us something. You know, when things start going bad and things start happening in our life through trials and suffering, sometimes if we aren't careful, we kind of think that God may have an obligation to you and me to get us out of all that. Listen, God owes us nothing whatsoever. Amen. Listen, uh, and we need to be careful to think, to not think that, that he has some sort of an obligation to answer our prayers in the way that we uh, may want him to, to answer them. And may I remind you again today that the only thing that we are owed today that, that we deserve really is that is hell right now today. Amen. Listen, may, I want you to understand that this woman, though, she comes and, and Elisha says, is everything okay? And she says, all is well. But notice verse 27 through verse 29. And when she came to the man of God, to the hill, she caught him by the feet. She's serious. You know, listen, when things are going bad, we get serious in prayer. Amen? Uh, but when things are going good, it seems like our prayer life is not really what it ought to be. We're kind of like a haphazard about it. Lord, man, things are going good. Thank you for the day. Bless me, Lord Jesus. Amen. 
But when something goes bad, when, when, when trials and suffering is going on, when, uh, when things are, uh, just jump up and catch us by surprise, I'm telling you, we get serious in our prayer. Oh, God, please help me, Lord. I don't know what I'm going to... And listen, and we usually spend some time there at that moment asking God to help us. I think this is the same with this Shunammite woman. Uh, the Bible says that she uh, came to the man of God to the hill, and she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to thrust her away, and the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her, and the Lord hath hid it from me, and hath not told me. Then she said, Did I desire a son of my Lord? And she's telling him, Listen, I didn't ask for a son. Uh, this, uh, and keep going, did, did I not say, do not deceive me? Look in verse 29. Then he said to Gehazi, Gird up thy loins, take my staff in thine hand, and go thy way. If thou meet any man, salute him not. And if any salute thee, answer him not again, and lay my staff upon the face of the child. Now, I want you to see what's going on right here. Elisha tells Gehazi, uh, uh, Elisha finds out what's going on. He says, Gehazi, you take my staff, and you go back with this woman, and you lay it on the face of this child. Now, we're talking about a persistent effort by this woman. She's already showed some determination just by getting there, amen? And so now, Elisha says, you just take this staff and lay it on the face of this child, but the Shunammite woman, she's not going to have none of that. Amen. Listen, she understands that this is Elisha. She understands that he's a holy man of God, but she's not happy or content with the staff of a prophet being carried by somebody else. Amen. She wanted the hand of the prophet himself. Listen, there's often times today when I need something from God. I may go to uh, and have Brother Marco pray for me. I may come and ask Brother Shelton to pray for me or with me. But listen, I, I'm, I am not satisfied with just them praying for me. I'm going straight to the hand of Almighty God, and I want His help for me. Amen. So she says, uh, listen, I, I'm, I don't want none of that. I mean, uh, look in verse 30. This Shunammite woman is persistent to the point, if you look there, it says, And the, the mother of the child said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. I'm telling you, now, she's, she's a very serious individual. Why, you know why she's serious? Because her son is laying dead on the, the bed of the prophet back at her house. Listen, she is serious. And she said, listen, I don't want him. I want you. And evidently, uh, uh, he realized, Elisha realized that he, uh, this ain't going to happen the way he said it. And he's going to have to go because verse 30 says, and he arose and followed her. So they get up. They get back on this donkey. Look, and they ride back another 20 miles. That's a 40-mile round trip on a donkey. That's, that's some determination, amen? And so when they get there, they, they, where the boy has been laid in this woman's house, when they get there, Gehazi, he goes upstairs first, and he does exactly what Elisha tells him to do. Uh, there was, he lays that staff on, the, on that boy, but then you look in verse 32, notice what it says. It says, and when Elisha was coming to the house, he, came, he got there a few minutes later, took him a little longer to get there, Behold, what's what's wrong with the child? The child is still dead. 
and still laying there upon the bed. In verse 33, and he went in, therefore, and shut the door upon them twain. So Elisha does what Elijah did. He gets in where the boy is on the bed, and he shuts the door. And, and this is just a side note here. I want you to get this. Uh, that, that Notice here that Elisha, what he does, he shuts the door. Listen, he shuts the door. It'd be good for me and you today to be able to shut the door on some outside distractions that distract us from serving and worshiping Almighty God. Listen, some of you right here this morning may be distracted because you're thinking about something else. Listen, we need to get focused back in on worshiping Almighty God. Amen. Amen. Listen, he shut the door. We need to come in here on Sundays and Sunday afternoons and, and, and Wednesday nights and we need to shut the door on the things of this old world and, and get along with God and allow Him to help us. Amen, Brother White. It, it takes longer if I have to say amen and preach too. So he goes in and he shuts the door. And, and, and I believe today that that if we want the special blessings of Almighty God, listen, if we want the hand of God to move in a special way in our life and in here in Central Park Baptist Church, we're going to have to shut the uh, door on this outside world. Yeah. So Elisha goes in to the boy in verse 34, and it says, The boy waxed warm. Now, I want to, you know, let me just stay here for a minute too. There's a lot of people today that are content with just being warm when it comes to the things of God. We're going to see this. Elisha's not, he's not satisfied. I mean, that boy's just warm. But listen, a lot of people today, uh, they get satisfied with being warm and serving God. But listen, God, you know what God said about that? He said, because you're neither hot nor cold. I knew that. I, I should have known that wasn't going to get a lot of amens. Listen, because we're neither hot nor cold, he will spew thee out of his mouth. Listen, God said get all the way in. Don't be warm. Listen, there are too many Christians. We've got plenty of warm Christians today. We need some Christians today that will uh, be steadfast, unmovable, and on fire for the things of Almighty God. It's time that we woke up and got, war- got hot. Hey, man, look what happened here. Uh, Elisha isn't satisfied. Uh, with the boy just being warm, and, and we ought not again be satisfied with just being warm in our relationship with God. So the Bible tells us that Elisha, he, he's already been up there, and he's laid on that boy, and he's done what he can, but he, he leaves, he walked into the house, and the Bible says he walks to and fro. I think he's praying. I think he's asking God for something special. Listen, I think he's saying, God, listen, I'm, I, I did what Elijah did. I've, I've done what he did. Listen, but God, I, I know that it's not me. And the Bible says he's walking to and fro. And, and God, this woman, she needs something. This is her son of promise, and I need some help. I need the power of Almighty God. And God, I need some help today. And then he goes back upstairs. And when he goes back upstairs, he does the same thing. And the Bible says the boy sneezes seven times and opened his eyes. Now, I don't know what that, the relevance is of him sneezing. I, I, don't, I mean, if you find it, let me know because I don't know. But all I know is the Bible says he sneezed seven times opened his eyes. And you know what's happened? The boy's alive and well. Yeah. 
I mean, uh, listen, I, I want you to understand, he, that, that young man woke up, and he is not warm anymore, but he is alive, and he is well. And folks, I believe we need Christians today who have passed from the warm stage and move on to the, to the live and well stage, the abounding in the work of Almighty God kind of stage. Christians who will roll up their sleeves and, and, and shove their feet with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and get back to work. Amen. I mean, she was persistent in her effort. But notice verse 36 and verse 37. We see she has a proclamation to make. It says, and she called, or he called Gehazi and said, call this Shunammite. So he called her. And, and, and by the way, I, you know, I was thinking about this uh, the other day that uh, w- the, we don't get a name of who this person is. All we know is that this is a Shunammite. And, and, and you know, when I think about that, folks, listen, you, when it comes to the blessings of Almighty God, it, this could uh, be any of us. You know, when you, when you name someone, it, it usually just names for that person and that, that one th- happening. But I want you to understand today, we, we are all Gentiles that have been adopted into the, the family of Almighty God if you're saved. And each one of us can be a recipient of the blessings of Almighty God. But verse 37 says, call the Shunammite. So he called her. And, and, and uh, when she was coming to him, he said, take up thy son. And she went in, fell at his feet, bowed herself to the ground, and took up her son and went out. Now, you'd think this Shunammite woman is grateful? Absolutely. She falls at his feet again, and, and uh, she begins to thank him for what he has done. And listen, and folks, I, I want you to understand when we have the opportunity to fall at the feet of God and worship Him, we ought to do it. Listen, we get so nervous today about, about coming to the altar or coming to a pew and, and sitting. And, 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 and I don't know, are we, worried about what, are we worried about something? Is that why we don't come? Listen, are we not grateful? Surely, surely, surely we could come for just a moment and show people that we are grateful. And spend some time at an altar or spend some time alone with God and just saying, God, thank you for what you've done for me. Listen, but, but for whatever reason, we don't. Uh, she came and she fell at his feet because she's thankful. Listen, we are blessed. Amen? No, really, we are blessed. We're blessed beyond measure. And we really have no right to ask God for anything. Yet God continues to bless us. Yet He continues to watch over us. He continues to draw us close and comfort us. And here's this Shunammite woman. She fell at His feet, bowed herself. And when she threw, the Bible says that she picked up her son and went out. Now, you remember how her story started, right? You remember that this woman perceived Elisha to be a holy man of God and and how that she and her husband built this room for him, a a place to rest. And you remember how that she had went out of her way to be a blessing to the man of God and Elisha prophesied. You remember that she was going to have this son of blessing and and only to watch him die. And remember we talked about how surely when this boy died, how the old devil began to sneak up and slip up close to her. One thing about the devil, he just don't don't come and go... 
No, wait a minute. He'll, he sneaks up by you and acts like he cares. And, and he acts like he's going to be your friend. And, and acts like he's going to expound some kind of a, a, a great a wisdom on you. But listen, I'm telling you, that is a lie from the pits of hell itself. He doesn't care. He comes to this woman. I can see again after her son has died that he comes up to her and says, listen, I'm, this is what you get for, for being good to the man of God. This is what happens when you try to be a blessing and serve God. But remember, listen, Satan is only looking out for himself. Yep. Then there's two words that I like, but God. Amen. God shows up and raises her boy back to life, amen. And she picks up her son and went out. It paid off to serve God. And by the way, this isn't, it's probably going to take another week. But, but I'm, I'm telling you, if you'll stick around and get the end of it, you, you'll, you'll be glad. Uh, she picks up her son, she goes out. And when you read the words there in verse 37, you get the idea that this is the end of her story, but the reality is it's only the beginning of her story. Because if you keep reading and read through 2 Kings and you come to chapter 5 and you read about the healing of Naaman, you remember him and <clears throat> who had leprosy, a captain of the host, the Bible says. And, and if you remember, uh, Naaman was healed and and he wanted to give Elisha, and I'm just hitting the high points. I can't, I don't have time to preach all this. And, but but Elisha uh, uh, told him what to do. Naaman is healed. And, and Naaman wants to give this holy man of God a, a bunch of goods and some gifts and money. And, and Elisha says, listen, I'm, I'm not going to take it. I don't want that. Listen, I want you to understand today, hey, if there's one thing about serving God, it ought to be because we just want to serve God. Uh, it ought to be just because we have a heart for or to see people saved and born again and people getting into baptistry and, and watching their lives change. That's what serving God ought to be about. Elisha says, I, I, I don't want the money. You keep it. But you keep reading. Uh, Hazai, he's greedy. Remember, he, when he saw the Shunammite woman coming, he, he went to thrust her out. You know, there's a lot of things today that when you want to try to come and, and serve God, there's going to be a lot of things that try to thrust you out away from the presence of God. Amen. Gehazi was that person, but now we see him. He, he slips out of the house, and, and Naaman is on his way back to where he had come from, and before he gets too far, Gehazi catches him. And, and if you look in chapter 5 and verse 22, he comes and he tells Naaman, he said, you know, he said, my master has sent me saying, Behold, even now there be come to me from Mount Ephraim two young men of the sons of the prophets. Give them, I pray thee, a talent of silver, two changes of garments. You see what's happening here? Gehazi's lying. He's lying to Naaman through his teeth. Elisha didn't send him. Come, Are y'all still here? Say amen. Elisha didn't send him. And Gehazi takes this stuff and he, uh, for himself, and, and, and it reminds me of Achan. God says, no, this and that, I, it's all mine. And Achan takes uh, this Babylonian garment, a wedge of silver, and he hides it in his tent. And it costs the lives of, uh, of uh, what, 30 people. Well, here's Gehazi. He goes back and tells Naaman, you know, my, my master sent me. But then when Gehazi comes back to where Elisha is, Elisha asks Gehazi, Gehazi, where you been? 
you ever growing up, get into one of those positions, you've been out doing something you didn't need to be doing, and you come home, and your mama or your daddy says, hey, where you been? I can remember calling in my window one time, and a voice from the darkness <laughs> in the corner of the room says, hey, boy. Where you been? Yep, that's what I said. Elisha says, Gehazi, where you been? You know, one lie always begets another lie. Look in verse 25, Gehazi says, Thy servant went no whither. In other words, I didn't go anywhere. I mean, after all, that's what you're going to say when you get caught red-handed. But then Elisha says in verse 26, exactly where Gehazi has been. And then look in verse 27. Elisha knows that Gehazi has lied. And he says, the leprosy therefore of Naaman shall cleave unto thee, watch, and unto thy seed forever. And he went out from his presence a leper as white as snow. You know, I, I really, it, notice it said, unto thy seed forever. If there's a descendant of Gehazi around today, you know what? He's a leper. Yeah. Can I tell you today, folks, listen, be careful about the decisions you make. They're going to impact not only you, but they're going to impact your family and those around you for eternity. Gehazi, listen, not only did he uh, get a leprosy, but notice also he was disqualified as a servant. And you never read about him being with Elisha again. Listen, disqualified uh, because, listen, he was greedy and he allowed that again because of sin got in his life. And what a sad thing it is today to once be used of God in the, in the work of God, but because of some grievous sin or because of something today. Uh, listen, people today are disqualified for being used of God. Listen, be careful. You've got to be careful and stay close to God. But move to chapter 8. Chapter 8. <clears throat> There's a lot going on between where we just read in chapter 5 and, and chapter 8. But again, I, I, that's not my, my focus. I, I don't want to, I don't have time to do, we can go back and get that some other time. But if you look in chapter 8 and verse 1, notice it says, Then spake Elisha. Who did he speak to? You know who the woman is? It's the Shunammite woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise, and go thou in thine household, and sojourn wherever soever thou canst kept sojourn. For the Lord hath called for a famine, and it shall come, also come, upon the land seven years. Now, man, these, this, this mother and, and this boy, listen, They've been, they've been living on a grease plank of blessing for, you know, for about three years. And now, for, now all of a sudden, after three years, about three years, it, it's fixing to get bad. And we're brought right back here in this verse of this Shunammite woman. And it seems like, you know, it's like, man, Lord, I'm going, I'm taking one step forward and two steps back. Come on, you ever been there? Say amen. 
Seemed like it just get going good, and all of a sudden uh, uh, something happens. Listen, sometimes God has to do things in our life to keep us relying on Him. Listen, if we're not careful, God knows, listen, God knows that if things go too good too long, that we have a tendency to forget about Him. We have a tendency to get slack concerning our, our be, being steadfast and unmovable. And all of a sudden, we're not so steadfast. And all of a sudden, we, we begin to, to drift uh, uh, like, uh, like something uh, out on the water today. And then God ha- but God has to bring us back. So here he comes. Elisha comes to this Shunammite woman and says, Arise and, and go to thy, thou and thine household and sojourn where, wheresoever thou canst sojourn. I mean, again, they've been living on the mountaintop for three years and not very long. They, they've just got their feet under them and, and things seem to be going along real good. And her son hadn't had any health problems. He's, he's probably, his health has been good. And, uh, but now his family is about to move from the mountaintop back into the valley of trials and tribulation. And Elisha comes, a man of God. He remembers her and and he comes back to her, and he and, and for whatever reason, listen, he comes back to her and says, "Listen, there's a famine coming, and you got to leave." He doesn't tell them where to go. He doesn't give them any kind of uh, extra instruction. He just says, "You got to go somewhere. Anywhere you can go, you better go, but you can't stay here." So. Elisha, he, after the message, the woman, uh, and by the way, listen, maybe Elisha just remembered that, that this woman was good to him. I, I, I mean, why, I don't know what made him go back. Uh, maybe he's still been back, and, and he's got a word from God, and so he goes back, and, and he tries to help her about this famine that's coming. Seven-year famine, by the way. But you know, uh, God's not going to do for this woman what he did for the widow woman back in 1 Kings 17. You remember? Elijah came and, and, and he, he blessed her. The cruise of oil didn't run dry. And the Bible says the oil stayed. Not happening here. This woman here is going to have to sojourn in a strange land. And, and she's going to have to leave her home for seven years. Do you think, I mean, after what we've already talked about the last couple of weeks, do you think she knew about Elijah and about the widow woman and the, the, the cruise of oil? And uh, do you think she knew about, about what God had did, uh, did for that widow woman? I believe she absolutely knew. She knew what God could do. I mean, listen, not only did she know about Elijah, but she has seen her dead son raised from the dead. She knows that God is a, a God of miracles. But this time, the man of God says, you're going to have to sojourn whithersoever thou canst sojourn. Listen, there's not going to be a miracle here this time. There's not going to be anything miraculous happen from the hand of Almighty God. And, And I can just see, here comes the devil again. Listen, don't you just get tired of him? Listen, I can just see him. He slips right back up to her again. Here we go again. I mean, you know, <clears throat> sure God raised, sure God raised your son from the dead. Sure, he used Elisha to do that, but now here comes a man of God. He's just coming back with some bad news. Don't that preacher ever say anything good? 
Don't he have a blessing every once in a while to try to help us and encourage us? I mean, what's the matter with that guy? And the devil looks at this woman and says, listen, you just look, look at look at everything that uh, it's been going for good for about three years. And th- look, I mean, you, you got your house nice, everything's good. And, and, and now, now look, I mean, you've done extra. You've provided for the man of God. And now he said, I got to leave. Are you kidding me? You ever had a, one of those moments? My wife and I was watching something the other day on TV and and this, this, it just happened to be a preacher. The, the church made him leave his, his church. And he's got look like an old Plymouth. <laughs> Reminded me of one. I told my wife, I said, I look like a car we had when I was a kid. An old Plymouth station wagon rusted out. They've got everything on the top. And, and, and the dad is driving down the road and, and, and he's thumping the gas gauge. You know why you thump the gas gauge? Because it's on empty and you're hoping it's stuck. Um, but you know what happens? It's not stuck. Everybody's asleep. He pulls over the side of the road and he gets out. And he's thinking, he's walking around the car going, thinking, are you kidding me? Lord, the only reason I'm at it is because I told them guys they couldn't smoke in church. Yeah. So, man, he's out there walking around, and, and his family is still in there asleep. And, and, he's, and he's thinking, Lord, what am I going to do? About that time, the front right tire pops. And his kids get out, you know, and about the time they get out, he's at the back of the car. I mean, he's kicking the car, and he's kicking the dirt, you know, and he's thinking, Lord, I mean, what am I doing? And the kid goes, Daddy, can you, can you just trade the, can, we got a spare. He said, I swapped it for gas. And then he thinks, you know, his wife's out, and she says, you know, can it get any worse? And you know what happens? It starts raining. <laughs> so he just starts laughing. I think maybe that this uh, Shunammite woman is here. I mean, she's endured her son being dead. Uh, she's been good to the man of God. She's tried to do her best. She's probably done extra. And the devil comes up. Listen, he's all the, the old devil is always around when you're down. Yeah, always. And he's saying, you know, I bet you didn't see that coming. You know, things are going good. Your son's health is good. But now you've got to leave everything. You've got to leave it all behind. The man of God said you're going to have to leave. He didn't tell you where to go. He didn't tell you what to do. He just said you've got to go somewhere. And the old devil says, where's God now? You ever felt that way? Yeah. What are you going to do now? How are you going to provide for your family? And by the way, when you're reading here, there's no mention of her husband. I think he's probably died, and I think she's a widow. I mean, the devil is on her with everything he's got, trying to get her to quit on God. He's trying to get her to stop serving, to quit being faithful, to to quit being obedient. Uh, 
But then the man of God tells her that there's a, there's a prediction of a shortage. There's a problem. Listen, it, it gets worse. There's a famine coming. It's going to last seven years. Elisha comes and tells her, and, but he doesn't tell her anything else. You know, calls her by name. Shunammite lady, listen, let me tell you something. There's a, there's a famine coming. It's going to last seven years. You got to go wherever. You just got to get out of here. You got to go. See ya. That's it. You know, sometimes God's silent in our life just see if we're going to be obedient. Yeah. Sometimes things are going south really quick, really fast, and sometimes I think God sees if we're still going to be obedient to what he wants us to do. I mean, there's a shortage. I mean, uh, when the shortage comes, are we not tempted to cut back on God? Shortage comes, first thing people do is stop coming to church. Yeah. Stay with me. When shortage comes, the first thing people do is they stop being obedient. They stop being a tither. They stop giving to missions. They they just stop. You say, well, yeah, but pre- well, wait a minute. I mean... Elisha says, you must leave and sojourn whithersoever you can, but you got to go. Yeah. Look in verse 2. I've got to quit. Notice what it says. Elisha says, you got to go. The Lord hath called for a famine, and it shall also come upon the land seven years. I like what she did. The woman arose. And did after the saying of the man of God. And she went with her household and sojourned in the land of the Philistines seven years. I mean, she had to go somewhere. But did she not be obedient? Yeah. Listen, I think, I believe with all my heart, folks, it, it, there comes a time in the life of individuals in a church where we just got to just do the right thing. Yeah. When it comes time to doing the right thing, just do right. Is it right to be faithful? Yeah, absolutely. Is it right to give of our tithes and offerings? Yeah. Is it right to use our talents for the things of Almighty God? Absolutely. Listen, just do right. Even when God says there's a famine, it's on the horizon. Listen, if you're not in a storm, you're headed for one. You're, you know, there's either there's three stages. You're either in a storm, coming out of a storm, or you're headed into one. One of those three, always. Yeah. Can I ask you something? Where are you today? Where, where, wherever you are, I want to just be obedient. Listen, does it pay to serve God? Well, it's, it's paid off once for this woman. But we're going to see next week where it really pays off. Oh, listen, I'm telling you, I, it pays to serve God. I didn't say it was easy. I didn't, I didn't say that it'd be a grease plank to blessings all the time. No, I said it was worth it. Like the song says, it will be worth it all when I see Jesus. Amen.
One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will erase. Amen. Listen, I'm looking forward to the day when I can look in the face of my Savior. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm probably, I'm, I, I doubt that I stay standing, but I'll do like the Shunammite woman when she saw Elisha. She fell at his feet. Yeah, man. I think I could do that for a few hundred years just to be thankful. Listen, are you thankful? Can we not come today? And I want to encourage you. Listen, can we not come and just be thankful? Who cares what somebody else may think? We could just be thankful for what God's done for us. Maybe you're here today and you're not saved. But can I encourage you today? Jesus saves. He'll say, He saves today. He saved yesterday. And, and if tomorrow comes, He'll save tomorrow. But God said, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for you know not what a day will bring forth. We're here right now today. And if there's something that you need from God, today's the day. Now is the accepted time. Father, help us. Speak to our hearts today. Lord, there's, there's so much that we've passed over. But God, we've been talking about this Shunammite woman. Lord, we've asked the question, does it pay? Lord, sometimes there's things that come in our lives, Lord, and trials and heartaches and, and God, whatever they might be, suffering and pain and sorrow. God, we, like the men of God in the Old Testament even, Lord, they begin to wonder. And they begin to ask themselves the question, Does it, is it worth it? God, help us, Lord, to stay in the boat. Help us, Father, to stay steadfast, unmovable. God, it is worth it. And I pray that you'll give this invitation, Lord. If there's someone here that's not saved, I pray, Lord, that they'll come today and trust Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Whatever the need might be, God, you'll answer it. Maybe they just want to come today and fall at your feet and be thankful. God, please help us, Lord. God, give this invitation in Jesus' name. Amen. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed and nobody... Thank you.